one. Hi, everybody. This is Patricia with Walden. We have a special guest for tonight, uh, and we are not live. So I apologize. We're not going to be able to take calls, and I wish we could, because our guest is John Rose, who is the cartoonist and author of Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, the Daily and Sunday Cartoon. Um, John, thank you so much for being with us. I've really been looking forward to this. Well, thank you for inviting me. You have, if my information is correct, you have been drawing Barney Google since 1998, and the cartoonist responsible for the story, the cartoon, the everything since 2001. Did I get that correct? You're you're correct. I am correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Walden, are you able to turn John up just a little bit for me? Maybe not. <laughs> I think we lost Walden. Um, I'll try to talk louder. Uh, okay, there you go. Okay. I have that you were an editorial cartoonist before you started drawing Barney Google. Is that correct? Yes. That is, and it's just an extraordinary transition. Would you tell me a little bit about the editorial cartoonist side of you before we get to the bodacious Snuffy Smith? Sure. Um, I went to uh, James Madison University at a college, uh, University in Virginia, and when I was uh, at the school, I was an art major, and uh, I worked on the school newspaper as an editorial cartoonist and uh, also did illustrations, and that's kind of how I first got into doing editorial cartoons. Um, When I graduated in the, uh, like, 1986, I uh, started uh, doing some freelance uh, editorial cartoons and some sports cartoons for local newspapers um, for about a year or two, and then I was hired uh, by a newspaper, a small newspaper, to do graphics and editorial cartoons for them. I just did uh, one a week, and that's kind of how I got, uh, I guess, my my foot, my feet wet or whatever, in, into uh, into the business of editorial cartooning. Um, and then, uh, in the, it was around 1993, uh, we moved to Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we uh, currently live, uh, for me to take a job as a, uh, creative director and editorial cartoonist for the, uh, daily newspaper there, or here, I guess, because where we still are. Um, and, uh, I ended up, uh, doing at least a uh, at first, I think just one or two cartoons a week. But then, as time went on, I did more cartoons and less uh, less other type graphic work. So um, I ended up doing about four cartoons, four editorial cartoons a week. And I usually kind of comment on uh, I would comment on some local news, but mainly uh, national and some statewide news as well. An editorial cartoonist who does national and state editorial in a cartoon format can frequently take some heat. What was the yeah. hottest item you ever attacked? Uh, I don't know. Usually in my cartoons, I try to use uh, I, I try to use humor because then I think even if you disagree with the cartoon that I do, then you would uh, at least get a chuckle out of it because. That's kind of how I feel when I read cartoons, and whether I agree with them or I disagree with them, I, I still like to laugh. So 
um, I think I'd rather see an editorial cartoon that uh, that I disagreed with that made me laugh than one that I agreed with that didn't make me laugh. Um, so I, I would take I understand what you're saying. It's here for, it, for different things, but not anything really, really bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> not anything really bad. I understand what you're saying, and periodically I'll come across one that I think is it's a genius who can incorporate humor into a serious situation and not not draw fire from the side that disagrees with you. Right. So you really are an artist from your head to your heart. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about the transition to Barney Google. Well, um, basically how that happened was um, in the late 1990s, uh, I'm in a group of professional cartoonists, and it's known as the National Cartoonist Society. Uh-huh. And um, we meet, uh, have a big meeting once a year. And at one of those meetings in the late 1990s, I was talking with a fellow cartoonist, and he was an editorial cartoonist as well. Uh, but he told me that he also started working as an assistant on the Blondie comic strip. Uh, he was assisting the cartoonist that was doing the Blondie comic strip, and I really had uh, didn't know that uh, syndicated cartoonists sometimes use assistants. Um, so I thought, well, maybe that's an avenue I could pursue. We had two young kids, and my, my wife and I had two young kids, and thinking of a, a way to get a little extra money on the table. Um, and the way that, uh, I guess basically what I did was I really thought about uh, the cartoons, the comics that I really like to read and the ones that uh, I'd read a lot growing up you know, which ones were kind of my favorite. And, and the first comic strip that I really thought of um, was Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. Um, I'd grown up reading it, and it was my uh, grandfather's favorite comic strip. And so I, I knew a lot about the strip. And um, so when I got home from that meeting, I drew like a few, uh, I drew, I think, some uh, sample sketches of the characters. And then I drew a Sunday comic strip, uh, and then I uh, sent that along with some of my other work that I'd done over the years, and I mailed that to Fred Laswell, who was the cartoonist on the comic strip, and he had been for close to 60 years, I think, at that time, um, and as a cartoonist, uh, you send a lot of stuff out, and you get a lot of rejection, or you don't hear anything at all, so really when I mailed that out, I had Fred's address, but I never had met him before, and when I mailed it, I didn't know if I'd ever hear anything or not, but about two weeks later, um, I was eating lunch. Uh, I was eating something real healthy like Cocoa Puffs or something <laughs> like that for lunch, and the phone rang, and um, the voice on the other end when I picked up the phone said, you know, John, this is uh, Fred Laswell. He said, I got, the, I got the packet of samples that you sent me. And I really like the way that you draw big noses. And uh, if you've seen the strip, all the characters kind of have really big noses. And um, so that's kind of what, what he said to me. And uh, that, just to, I guess to make a long story short, um, that led to, uh, that call led to him hiring me to be his inking assistant. And um, he lived in Florida and I lived in Virginia. And the syndicate was in uh, New York City, but 
he was really, he was an older gentleman in his 80s, but he was really into technology. And um, so we met for like two or three, I guess for like one long weekend every year uh, that I work with him. But then otherwise, we talked on the phone every day, um, and then we communicated by uh, fax and email. And essentially, he would uh, write out the comic strip and sketch out the comic strip and then fax, fax it to me. And then I would get his fax, and um, then from the fax, I would uh, ink the art and and do the lettering. He had a special uh, computerized font that he used for lettering. So then I would do the, the art and uh, ink the art and do the lettering, and then I would scan all that back in the computer, and then email it back to him, and then he would um, look at it and approve it and. Uh, once he approved it, then he sent it on to the syndicate in, in New York City. So um, that's kind of how it all worked, and that's how I got into into working on the strip. I love the system. Oh, <laughs> did did you do any of the dialogue boxes, the you know the balloons, or did that script come to you? No, he pretty much always wrote the comic strip. He did. Um, mm-hmm. You did, but right. you but, but, but you inherited it. I want to talk about that in in just a minute. Now, can we talk just for a minute about the origin of Barney Google? This is almost a century old. We're talking about here. That's right. Yeah, it'll be uh, uh, in 1919, and it was created in 1919. So in 2019, it'll be 100 years old. Um, so it's it's one of the longest running comic strips in in history. So it's it's quite a blessing to get to to get to work on it and carry it on for you know younger generations. Why do you think it has lasted for almost a century? Um, I think the secret is probably uh, in the characters, uh, the characters that were created. Um, I think they're just characters that people really liked and and were entertained by. And to me, I think that's the secret of a of a really good comic strip is uh, just have entertaining characters. And the strip has gone through several, I guess, incarnations because it started out, it was created by Billy DeBeck, and it started out uh, in 1919 uh, being about Barney Google uh, and his wife. And then uh, a few years went by, and Billy DeBeck introduced the horse spark plug, and the strip kind of really became about Barney Google and spark plug. And at some point there, I think he and his, the wife divorced, um, and the, uh, the strip was very popular when it was about uh, Barney Google and Spark Plug. It soared in popularity, and it was a uh, there was a hit uh, song at the time called Barney Google and the Goo Goo Googly Eyes, um, and that I think reached the top of the charts. And um, but anyway, then kind of as time went on, uh, I think in the 30s. Uh, Billy DeBeck sent Barney Google to the mountains, and when he went to the Appalachian Mountains, he met Snuffy Smith and Snuffy's family, and then the uh, the strip kind of became about Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, and at that point, Billy DeBeck died, uh, and Fred Laswell was Billy DeBeck's assistant. So once he started working on the comic strip, it was still about Barney and Snuffy, but I think he saw more potential and had more interest in the hillbilly characters 
and over time, like uh, into the 50s and 60s, kind of phased out Barney Google and focused more on Snuffy Smith. And again, the comic strip just really soared in popularity. And I think he, uh, Fred, brought Barney back about one day a year um, or so until about the mid-1990s. And at that point, he just kind of, uh, Barney hadn't been in for a long time. Well, I know he wasn't on it in it at all when I started working in 1998. And uh, and then when I took over the comic strip uh, after working with Fred in 2001, it was it was still all about Snuffy and and his family. And then uh, we, I think in about 2012, I talked to my editors about reintroducing Barney Google and spark plug because his name's still in the title uh, and they thought it was a great idea so we brought him back for a week and it was so popular that um, now we bring him back uh, on a regular basis every year since then for at least two different like week-long stints uh, throughout the year so it's, it's always a fun couple of weeks when we have Barney Google and spark plug and Snuffy Smith and the whole family interacting together. Were the characters and the strip influenced at any point by what was going on in the country? We had the flapper years, we had the market crash, we had Prohibition and, and the Depression, World War II. What influence did the characters have on the audience or did the times have on the characters? It probably went a little bit both ways, but I know, for example, um, when the war uh, happened, they uh, they had the characters go to war, and uh, Snuffy went into the army, and Barney Google went into the navy, and there were <clears throat> there were several years of just uh, strips when they were in the war. So I think that also was a secret to the success of the long running, uh, the fact that it's so long running because they could integrate into the times. I did not know that the characters went to war. Mm -hmm. They sure did, yeah. Wow. We're talking with John Rose, who is the cartoonist of the comic strip Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. If you have ever seen that cartoon, it is emblazoned in your brain. It is just such wonderful visuals and images. You you just can't undo them. Jughead is is one of my favorites with his raccoon cap. Right. Yeah. John, I want to talk with you a little bit about the process. Not a little bit. I want to talk a lot a bit about the process. What is a typical work week for you? And then I'm going to ask you specific questions about the storyline and drawing and that kind of stuff. What's a typical work week for you? Well, um, basically, I generally start off with the daily comics, and I do all six daily comics kind of at one time. So I'll uh, pencil out the daily comics, and I'll ink the daily comics and and letter the daily comics. Um, And then uh, after I do the dailies, then I'll go to the Sunday, and I'll do the same thing. I'll pencil out the Sunday, and I'll ink the Sunday, and and then uh, put the lettering in for the Sunday. 
and then with the Sunday comic, I also have to color it. Um, the daily comics run in color on the web, but I don't have to do that. The syndicate uh, does that, but I do color the Sunday comic, so it takes a little bit of time. So doing a Sunday comic uh, takes a lot longer than doing the daily comics, but that's kind of how I break it down. And then while I'm drawing, uh, while I'm drawing the either dailies or Sundays, I'm also thinking about ideas for cartoons. Um, I still do some editorial cartoons for a local paper, and I do if I have other projects going on. Um, and then in addition to uh, also comic ideas, uh, then I'm while I'm drawing or inking, I can be thinking. So I always keep a notebook handy where I'm writing down ideas that I have uh, while I'm working on one thing or the other. I love that, inking and thinking at the same time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. With the computerized system that you use, a syndicate is not in your backyard and you don't show up at the door with um, with your work. One of the things that I have picked up in auctions of comics and movie posters, anything that is signed, it soars in value. Do you have an opportunity to sign your work before it goes anywhere? Yes, I do. And How I, do you do that? Well, I have the original artwork, um, so everything is signed uh, on the original artwork before it's scanned into the computer. Um, so what's sent is just, elect, uh, just a digital file that's sent off uh, okay. to the syndicate. All so right. The original so you've artwork got... has a signature on it. What do you do with the originals? Um I keep I keep the originals and then I do if people are interested I'll you know occasionally sell originals um but for the most part I I just hang on to them but they are available for sale. I love that. We're going to ask how to, to get Why don't we do that right now and I'll repeat it. How do people get in touch with you? Um I have a website uh snuffysmithcomics.com and on that website, you can see the comic strip every day. It's updated seven days a week. And I have a blog uh, that I update at least once a week. And on that uh, website, uh, you can go to the general store section and see different items that I have for sale. Or you can also go to, uh, there's a contact button. I think it says Contact John or something like that. Uh, and you can just click on that and email me, and it'll come to me. Great. Oh, I'm so glad I asked about that. Uh, Too cool. <laughs> Tell me how your brain works, the process of... I, I wish I knew. How <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find out. Please tell me. Your brain works out and in an entire little package of pictures, something that makes sense from start to finish. You have to do an entire story in just a handful of little panels. How do you do that? That's correct. Yeah, pretty much we, uh, most days I use two panels, sometimes just one and then sometimes three or four. But it's, it's I've just been doing it for a long time. It's just a lot of training and um, I don't really know how it works, but I'm glad it does. <laughs> Indeed it does. Uh, sometimes you'll have Snuffy, does he still sit with his jug of moonshine? Well, he sits a lot, but they in the mid 1990s they've kind of phased out the moonshine because of, I guess because of political correctness. They had a big, 
actually before I started in 98, I think it was in 96 or so, they had a big uh, series of, stri- of strips called Snuffy's Last Still. So <laughs> it was all about his last still. And um, so they've kind of phased that out. We'll sometimes make reference to it in like uh, rum cookies at Christmas or, you know, different, yeah. different little ways, but not as much as it, not as blatantly as it used to be. Does he still get upset about the revenueers? Oh, definitely. So even though his still is not in the forefront, he's, you can tell that something's going on. Right, he still gets in trouble for if uh, he's in stealing. Trouble with... He still steals chickens and cheats at cards and tries to do all kinds of mischievous things and still ends yeah. up in jail. So If he worked as hard on a legitimate job, he'd, be, he'd make a fortune. That's right. <laughs> and Barney in the same direction. Um <laughs> Tell me who the audience is for Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, and who was it in the beginning? What happened in the transition? Um, I, I would say now probably um, the comic is, is read by all ages, but it's probably uh, older folks that grew up reading it that remember it that have just been reading it for as long as they can remember. I think that's probably my primary audience, but then um, – we try to do different things to also get uh, young readers interested. Um, actually, uh, I'm going to be doing later this year, it's supposed to come out in December, uh, a comic book story for Charlton Spotlight Comics, um, which is all about Jughead. And that's a way, I think, through the Jughead character and then through the little baby, Tater, the Tater character, um, I think that's a way that we bring in younger readers um, because that's, I think, the key to the success of a long-term comic strip is, you know, bringing young readers and getting mm-hmm. them reading. Um, so that's what, what we try to do. And, of course, it is on the web, and I guess a lot of younger folks are on the web. And it's also available, I think, uh, for your, you know, on your phones and digitally like that. Yeah. So that's a neat way to bring in younger readers, too, that maybe don't want to see it in the printed newspaper, but want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Snuffy curls up on his little tree stump, and, right. <laughs> and kids with iPhones are, right. are, and iPads are watching what he does. That's, that's great fun, and it's great fun. We've been talking with John Rose, who is the cartoonist and creator, I'll, I'll say creator because that's what you are, the creative genius today, of uh, the comic strip Barney Google that has been entertaining us, well, some of us, <laughs> since June 17th, 1919. So Barney is coming up on um, on a 100th anniversary in a couple of years, and I, I just think that is so cool. What kinds of questions do you usually get when people understand or realize that you are the genius behind Barney and Snuffy? Um, I, I do a lot of what I call chalk talks. Uh, I call them Snuffy Smith chalk talks, but it's basically when I talk to groups at libraries or um, civic groups, different clubs that will have me come in and I'll show samples of my work and talk about the history of the comic strip, and then I'll draw the characters um, for the audience on a on a large easel. But then I open it up to questions and answers at the end, and that's probably when I get most of my questions. And a lot of times, 
the questions will be kind of, uh, you know, how far ahead do you have to work on the comic strip? How many weeks ahead are you? And um, the answer to that is I'm about nine weeks ahead on the daily comic strip and about 12 weeks ahead on the Sunday comic strip. Um, people used to ask a lot about how come we don't see Barney Google anymore? You know, can you bring back Barney Google and Spark Plug? And that's kind of what generated that idea that I presented to my editors a couple years ago to bring Barney back. And um, so now we do have him come back. So that was a direct result of, of questions that I received from, from fans. Um, people want to ask where do you get your ideas or how long does it take you to do a, a, a comic strip? And it takes me about two hours to do a daily comic strip and probably about 12 or or more hours to do a Sunday comic strip. And it, it all just depends on how long it takes to, to draw what you're drawing. And you just never know how long that's going to take, depending on how complicated it is. Do you ever have a daily strip that runs as a serial to the end of the week? Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'll have a week-long series, uh, especially um, if I bring in a character like Barney Google or if I'll bring in an older character that was in it years ago, or maybe just a theme, uh, like a theme week. But generally, I, I don't think I've ever had anything that's lasted more than a week. I think a week's about the most. But most of the time, I'm just a, I do a, a joke a day, like a gag a day comic strip. Which I find astounding that you can do that day after day with the characters that you've got to work with. But but they are diverse. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the evolution of the personalities of these characters. Well, I think that's the neat thing to the, the success of this comic strip. Um, because it's been around so long, over time, so many different characters have been created. And there's always this well that I can go back to um, and pull out a character from the past or even the characters that we have now um i probably have 20 some characters that i can just pull and use it at any time each day so i think that helps a lot um i think like i mentioned earlier it kind of started out being about barney google and so it over time it's changed either through the characters or just through um like we mentioned like with the war just different events going on in society, you know, and, and uh, sort of commenting on those, but not directly, maybe just sort of indirectly. Um, I think that also uh, sort of impacts the personalities of the characters. Yeah. But it's, it's great to have so many characters to be able to, to use. And, you know, if I uh, have something I want to do about a doctor's office or a dentist's office or something, I can bring in the doctor or, or have a nurse or there's a lot of characters that, that, I, can, that mm-hmm. I can use each day. I remember the nurse with her enormous syringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is great stuff. I have to go back and, and find a newspaper that I can get online and, um, you know, subscribe to online that has all of the great comics in it. Well, there is and a Barney, really good website. Barney and Snuffy would be at the top of the list. Yeah, well, thank you. There's a good website, um, comicskingdom.com. And you can go to that every day for free and see all of King Features comics, which and that includes Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, but it also includes Blondie and Popeye and um, so many wonderful uh, strips, Mother Goose and Grimm, Mutts, Zits. There's just so 
so many. Um, but anyway, you can go to that for free each day, and I think you can also you can also pay a little bit. It's not very much. I think it's probably twenty or twenty five dollars a year, and have access to even more features. But you can see a lot of wonderful comics every day at that website. That's great. Comics plural kingdom. Yeah, comics, comics kingdom dot com. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Oh, that's a great one to have. Thank you. I can go find Barney now. This is yeah. super. Thanks. Thank you. This is really great. Well, John, I have run out of questions. I can't believe this. I've run out of questions for a person who's got <laughs> 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 I, I got one question, John. You think, you know, with the changing in the new paper business in the last few years, you know, less and less, is that going to impact cartoonists and you guys, you know, in other words, you 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 have it now online to a different platform. Will you, you, the expectation of the consumer be different because it is um, on a platform on a unit versus a traditional newspaper? Right. Um, I think that is you know a developing change in the industry, and I guess how that impacts I think uh, will will still be yet to be seen, but. Um, it is it is neat. Um, I'm somebody. I'm in my 50s. I still like to pick up the newspaper and look at it. But then on the other hand, I love the fact that I can go to the web and I can see the comics uh, in color and every day. And you can make them larger if you want to make them larger, or you can go back and read a week's worth or something if you want to do that. If you've been out of town um, fairly easily, or you can bring it up on your tablet when you are on vacation. Um, so I think it is like a whole new avenue um, for comics, and, and uh, so it will be interesting to see. You think the, you think the audience will demand different features to it eventually? You know, five, ten years that you're going to have to come up with, you know, more details or more whatever. I mean, what any gut hunch what the expectation level might be? Yeah, I don't know if that'll change. I guess we'll have to see. I'm yeah, not sure about that. Um, the neat thing, for example, with, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, the comicskingdom.com website, if you subscribe to that, then you can uh, actually go back in and see a lot of vintage strips, which maybe strips that, they're strips, I guess, that newspapers no longer carry, but maybe you were a fan of um, Flash Gordon or, or something like that, and you can go back and you can look at so many old comics, so many years worth of old comics, so that's a really neat thing that I guess the web can do that um, that wasn't uh, something that could be done before without spending a lot of time in a library looking up old thing, old newspapers or something. Yeah. Do you ever borrow a storyline to bring people up to date with what happened historically in that strip? Um, no, not, not really. I, I don't think so. Do you have an archive that could, could you go back and look up 1919 um, and, and read and just get a feel for, you know, so many years, or is that hard to find? Well, on my website, the snuffysmithcomics.com, I think I go back as far, I only go back as far as 1999, I think, but um, on that Comics Kingdom, uh, they have in the vintage section, they were pretty far back to that very beginning uh, a few years ago. I think now they're up into the um, 20s or 30s or something. But uh, 
they do have they they don't have everything. They I guess things weren't preserved uh, long ago like like we do today. But um, you can go back and see a lot of a lot of older strips. You keep a ticker file that way you know what characters you introduce and what characters you want to have up and uh, how in other words how do you keep yourself organized if you you know uh, if you might reach a character three years ago or a bomb back today do you keep track of that way um I do have uh just kind of a two different bins that are kind of like uh uh the Sunday gags and the daily gags that are in that I have to do and then the ones that um, you know and then the completed ones so I have prints of everything that I've done so I can look back and see but for the main thing I guess I try to just uh, with the gags that I do have uh, to sketch out and draw for the week I try to make sure that I have a good variety of characters Um, I read an interesting thing one time from Mort Walker, who does Beetle Bailey and Hein Lois and so many great comics, um, that he said that he started off every week on his Monday comic strip. It always had Beetle Bailey in it in case there was a new reader and a new re- reader didn't know who Beetle Bailey was. And so when they saw the title of the comic strip, then the, the lead character was in there. So every Monday, unless I have a storyline of some kind, every Monday I try to have Snuffy in there. And um, other than that, I just try to keep a good mix of all the characters um, throughout the week. Why do you work so far ahead? Well, I guess the syndicate needs, um, they need them uh, so far ahead, but then it also gives me a bit of a cushion um, if I want to go on a vacation or, you know, if something happens like that. Yeah. Get sick or something. Um, So that's why gives you a little bit of comfort level. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any rules of thumbs? In other words, could you take a storyline and stretch it into two or three weeks? Or generally, did the syndicate just write, if they if you're going to do a storyline, keep it within a, a one-week format? Is there any sort of general... There's no rule, but with my comic, I don't do storylines very often, but when I do, I have just always kept it to a week. I've never... I don't think I've ever gone more than a week. Uh-huh. Years ago, they used to... Um, Barney Google and Snuffy Smith in the like 40s and 50s would go on big adventures that last lasted weeks and weeks. Um, they'd go to Washington D.C. or something like that, and it would last several weeks. But now, um, I think the most that I've ever done has been a week. Have you come across interesting collectors over the years that collect nothing but Barney Google or Snuffy Smith uh, memorabilia? I'm thinking like during during the Second World War, or right after that, Superman uh, was on the radio and sponsored by Pep. And Pep, if I remember, had some buttons with Body Google and things like that. I was just wondering, uh, have you collected any things, or you knew people who sort of look for interesting memorabilia? That oh, co- I, when I do, uh, I have a Snuffy Smith book out, and when I've done book signings for that, a lot of times, or when I talk in those chalk talks, um, fans will talk to me afterwards and show me things. Um, for example, that song that we were talking about earlier, Barney right. Google and the Goo Goo Googly Eyes. Right. A Snuffy Smith fan uh, just gave me, at a book signing, just gave me the original one of the original song sheets to that from the 1920s. And, wow. Um, 
there are people, they'll show me pictures or things that they've collected. Some people have shown me, like, quilts that they had made uh, years ago because they liked the characters so much. Or somebody, one time somebody had a decoupaged pocketbook. Um, and the, so I see a lot of things like that um, when I'm speaking to groups. But it's also uh, neat to just search on eBay or sites like that to uh, see what's out there. And I have gotten quite a few things over the years. I have, um, I guess you'd say, a little collection in my in my studio. My studio is not that big, but I have a small collection of some of the uh, collectible items, like cookie jars of uh, Snuffy Smith and Louise Smith, and um, I have a planter to plant a plant in that was, uh, I think that came out in the 40s, and it's Snuffy Smith's head with the hat, the big hat, and that's where you put your plant in. And I actually use that to hold my pens uh, <laughs> that I draw in, draw from each each day. Um, but I have a lot of neat little memorabilia like that, and I have run into people that do collect it. And it, one thing that's kind of neat, I've had a lot of people, I guess because of the age of the comic strip, that'll tell me, you know, that they were nicknamed Snuffy as a kid uh, because of the character in the comic strip, or especially the baby Tater. I've had a lot of people tell me they were nicknamed Tater because Tater came along, I think, in the late 50s or early 60s. Um, so, and a lot of people were nicknamed Tater as a baby uh, after him. So that's kind of neat when people tell you that. Tater was a surprise character mm-hmm. having Snuffy and Louise have a baby. Right. I think Fred called it uh, Louise's late in life baby or something like that. <laughs> um, but, and uh, and yeah, Jughead is a nephew. Did I remember that correctly? Yep, Jughead's a nephew. Mm-hmm. How did how did he get to be part of the Smith family? Well, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, and I've looked back at a lot of older comics, and about the only thing that I can figure out is um, around that time years ago, there were several little coonskin cap kids um, that were drawn in the comic strip, and uh, I guess they just thought it would be good to have him uh, as a nephew, but other than the fact that I know he's, you know, Snuffy's nephew, since his name's Smith as well, um, I'm not 100% sure how they, where he originally came from, Mm kind of just like, you know, meet Jughead Smith. That's kind of was how it was on one, yeah. one of the strips I saw. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was Barney losing his wife in the strip, that, that she didn't appear. And the assumption was, or the statement was, that they had been divorced, mm-hmm. which was a subject that was never addressed I back know. in those I days. I think it's even in that song, Barney Google and the Google Googly Eyes. I think it said she sued Barney for divorce or I think it's even in the song. But, You're right. Um, After we talked as a group with right. um, Donnie Pitchford and the other guys, mm-hmm. I went out and I looked for Barney Google and read the entire list of lyrics. And it's a big list. Mm-hmm. And you're right. She sued him for divorce. Yeah, yeah. And then Remarkable for that time. Yeah. So with the, you're right. It was highly unusual in those days. Of course, Barney was, too. Right. Right. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of went along with each other. This is great. I just love this cartoon strip, and I, I'm just 
delighted that we've had an opportunity to talk with you. Walden, do you have other questions for John? Just one more. What time of the day, John? How do you actually make your, your what the task? But you do it in the morning, or you try to spread it out. So do you, do you do certain things better at certain times of the day? You know, do you work maybe on the dialogues in the morning and drawing in the afternoon? How do you actually what you know your peak time of of energy? How do you actually structure the hours? Uh, I I don't know that I really have a, a certain uh, peak time, I guess, but I do uh, try to treat it um, just like. I guess because I worked for many years in the newspaper business, I worked a, an eight to five job. So um, since I have a wife and two daughters and they're older now, but even when they were young, I, I still tried to keep it uh, like a, an eight to five job so that I could kind of have a normal uh, work schedule uh, that, you know, fit in with, with, uh, with most other parents and, and things. Um, probably, probably don't, uh, function quite as well in the early morning <laughs> but uh so you know like, like the steve like steve allen used to have a tape recorder and wake up in the middle of the night and grab a tape and put a couple of thoughts down you you, you I, I i do have lots of little notebooks around the house and uh i'm always writing down ideas i do have something a pen and paper by the bed and of course by my drawing table and uh different places in the house and i'm always asking my wife you know, you think this sounds like a good idea, or she probably gets tired of me asking her that. <laughs> That's a good good way for a collaborative business. Not, right, not bad. right. You bet. <laughs> One thing this is, is kind good. Of funny, when uh, the girls were growing up, John, mm-hmm. how did they explain your job, or with how old were they when you first started working with the with um, Fred? Um, let me think. Started with Fred in 1998, and our oldest daughter was born in 1991, so she would have been seven, and the other was 93, so she would have been uh, about five. Um, they thought uh, they loved Fred. They thought he was, you know, almost kind of like a grandfather or something that they talked to on the phone. Or, um, but I think I think they thought it was kind of neat because actually the way my studio is set up. Um, our family room is kind of like a large L-shaped room, and so I put my studio sort of in the back end of that L so that when they were little, if they were watching Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or something and I had a reason I had to work late, um, I could still be in that room watching TV. And uh, So I was there, and I, I think they've always kind of enjoyed that or had me come into – I've come into many of their classrooms over the years and – done drawing and cartooning things with their class and um, my daughter our oldest daughter now is a is a teacher a fourth grade teacher so um, I actually went into her school a couple times this year so I guess I'll just keep on doing that for years to come that is great a show and tell daddy it's a whole <laughs> lot easier to explain than someone who says well I think that's a neat thing that you were able a to be in the same room with the, with the kids but be able to concentrate or able to compartmentalize that way the TV wouldn't be bothering you. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that, some cartoonists that have to have it quiet and some, you know, don't mind the noise and some really like it really, really loud. I think Stefan Pastis, who does the Pearls Before Swine comic strip, really likes really loud, loud music. Um, I guess with myself uh, being in a newsroom, 
and I've just always been around noise and I've been able to just kind of block it out or listen to it if I want to listen. So it, it hasn't affected me. And generally, probably in the evenings when they were watching TV, I probably was drawing or inking more more than coming up with ideas. So um, when that's going on, when I'm doing that, I, it really doesn't affect me that much if the TV's on. Good stuff. John, I'm a freelance writer, and when you were talking about rejections and no answers before I thought you know we're we're sort of on the same team here this is really good stuff um and I understood about working ahead am I correct that King Features does layouts for comics way ahead of time Mm -hmm. yes we have to have like I said my I think I'm about nine weeks ahead so um on the daily comics and some guys may not be quite that far ahead, but they're uh, fairly far ahead. So yeah. you do have to get your work turned into yeah. them. So the work had to be turned in three and four months ahead of the editorial schedule. And I presumed that all of the, the print media worked the same way. Well, I was just wondering then, let's just say King Fisher had, King Fisher had, they wanted to be picky on something. Did, were there sort of a rule of thumb that they need to get back to you within a week to make any changes, or to uh, you know, if they need something a little more, a little more color or whatever? I mean, how, how you know, if if they if they had some things that they need you to to adapt or whatever, would they need to get back to you in a week or so? Or, 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 There's really never been any uh, rule like that, and so far, really, with uh, the artwork, I don't think they've ever had me change anything. Uh, art-wise, so they've been great to work with um, all the the years that I've been working with them. That's great. Well, Patricia, I think we can let John have the rest of his evening. I think we can (laughs) give John the rest of his evening. I am just so delighted that we had an opportunity to talk with you, John. We've been talking with John Rose, who is the cartoonist drawing Barney Google and Snuffy Smith and entertaining us. You've been with the team since 1998. Barney has been with us since 1919, which is astounding. Um, Would you give them your website address again, please, to make sure that people can get there? Sure. The website is snuffysmithcomics.com, and I also have a book collection out uh, titled uh, the Bodacious Best of Snuffy Smith, and it's about 350 of my favorite comic strips that I've done over the years, and you can find that on Amazon.com. Just uh, if you search Snuffy Smith, it'll it'll bring it up. It's, it's, that again, is great, and I did have the Bodacious Best of Snuffy Smith on my list here <laughs> and didn't ask you about it. Thank you oh, for bringing okay. it in. I, uh, I'm just delighted. John, thank you for spending so much time with us. Walden, do you have more for John before we let him have? No, nope, I think we, I think we covered everything for him. So thank you, John. Well, thank you. Thank you, you very much. much. Really appreciate it. You bet. Have a wonderful evening. Mm, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>